Welcome to Shooting the Shit. I'm Alex. I'm Oscar. We were random roommates. And now we're random besties. Alex and I rarely get the chance to discuss our creative process. You know, you get these episodes and you kind of see some some version of a, a tale we wanted to tell. And we impart like that, you know, we slap a theme on it, a label, if you will, right, Alex? And then we let it run. But Alex and I spend quite a lot of time intentionally trying to pick out the guests that we showcase for everyone. Yeah, it might surprise some people because of the quality of this podcast. Oscar and I are actually mechanical engineers outside of this podcast world. And we've always loved working with our hands, whether it was Lego blocks or scraping together fun little projects around our dorm room freshman year. So we wanted to explode the definition of what it means to make and interview people across different industries who work with creating something. Yeah, we, we, we took the term pretty broad and loose. I think even more loose than I anticipated at the beginning. I think it surprised me when we started reaching out to these guests to bring onto the podcast. And that was super exciting because one of the best things for us in doing all these interviews is learning about people. And so with the creative aspect and the making aspect, what really opened the grounds was the medium through which people work. And so what you will see in this series, ranging from ballet and dance to acting and screenwriting, all of these forms at the end of the day are creations. Yeah. And without further ado, this is Makers. Great. So Shintaro, thank you so much for joining us. Um, to kick things off, would you mind introducing yourself and kind of giving us your uh, your creator origin story? How did you get into you know ice sculpting as a profession? And okay, sure, sure. Uh, well, I mean, you know, thanks uh, for inviting me to this this uh, conversation. Um, my name is Shintaro Okamoto. I'm the founder and creative director of Okamoto Studio Custom Ice. Uh, we are an, uh, basically an artist collective dedicated to working with ice, creating anything, you know, big and small, all out of ice, uh, uh, here based in uh, Queens, uh, New York. Um, started my studio here in 2003. You know, my, my background, I'm, I'm, I'm Japanese-American. Oh, I mean, I was born in Japan, lived there till nine, and then my family immigrated to Alaska. I always have to say not all Alaskans played with ice, but I did. Um, <laughs> You know, my, my father had a little dabble in the in the craft when he was training as a sushi chef. You know, ice carving has a very long culinary history, you know, for a, a decor and a display arts. You know, um, it's it's something he kind of got himself interested in after, you know, moving to Alaska, spent a, a year or two just situating ourselves down. You know, one boring cold winter took you know, myself and my little brother to a frozen lake, shoveled a little, little, little square and took out a chainsaw, cut a block of ice, carved it into a swan, gave it to a friend for a party. And then someone else wanted it. And then next thing we knew, it kind of became the side gig for him, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, this was in the late 80s. And uh, it was kind of a, a kind of exploding, budding time for I think ice carving here in, in, in the States, you know, our town Anchorage hosted an international ice carving competition when I was, uh, I think like maybe 13 or something like that. And uh, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. You know, it was like this, this uh, 48 hour competition. You stay up pretty much all night. And my dad's a, 
you know, uh, a hardcore, uh, very intense person. And uh, he didn't go to sleep the whole two days. And I'm with him as an assistant. And, you know, my job is to shovel scrap ice and hold two heavy pieces you know, in minus 30 degrees while he dribbles ice in between. So he fuses together. And, uh, you know, I'll warm up in a little trailer, you know, full of, you know, older people eating chilies, <laughs> you know. But that said, it kind of grabbed my heart, you know, because the end, you know, the, the piece is, is, is gorgeous and the response is, is nothing like. And the ice carving community is a, a very passionate, DIY, innovative people, you know. They're, they're, and uh, my father was very much kind of a pioneer in the craft who really kind of drove techniques, um, kind of creating tools, uh, giving ideas and uh, being part of that community was, was, uh, was really eye-opening. And, you know, I, I myself had a very kind of creative life uh, throughout. Uh, my background is in painting and drawings. Uh, being Alaska, I was very much into, you know, drawing and painting wild animals and, uh, you know, got into figurative uh, paintings. And I did my undergrad at Brown University where I kind of did a duel between RISD uh, and Brown. I was a double major in fine arts and pre-med. And I, you know, I thought I was just kind of teetering in both worlds, feeling guilty whenever I was doing one or the other. And uh, really till the very, very end, I couldn't decide. And when I had one foot, you know, kind of studying for the MCATs and, you know, making uh, stone lithography uh, on my, my art time, it kind of dawned to me that I need to uh, go f- all in with, with, with working as an artist. Told my parents, told them what I was going to do. They're super supportive and then spend uh, a good decade or so doing odd jobs, uh, working as an artist in New York. And ice carving kind of came back to me when my father was kind of, you know, while up in Alaska, um, always loved visiting me in New York. And uh, we uh, kind of started talking about what life may be after I was, uh, oh, I mean, I was, and I, I got, I got back into studying. I did my MFA at Hunter College here in New York. And right when I was finishing that up, my father and I kind of started talking about doing something together and then looked into events industry. And, uh, you know, there was there was kind of a need for something really different and and awesome. And I thought uh, we can start carving ice here in New York. Since then, I kind of created this monster that that's just been nonstop. That's amazing. That's a heck of a journey. And congratulations on uh, the success of where it's brought you since uh, since the humble beginnings out in uh alaska carving out a, <laughs> a block of ice <laughs> yeah. and making some swans that's uh no that and i think that's what's amazing is also just like this family component to it mm. i always like hearing stories uh that have that connection there because i feel like that's how i myself got into building was because of my dad and why i wanted to go study how to make things what were the biggest challenges in kicking off sort of creating your own studio and this collective because i can imagine it's it's quite a quite a challenge to be able to go full, full fledged into your art form and especially because you mentioned sort of this tricky balance of deciding whether you were even going to go for it what was that like in a beginning yeah well you know i think the biggest thing is making something and doing what you love to do is is a very very small part of living <laughs> you know uh having being a responsible adult and you know uh starting a business you know making a living out of it um you know running a business i, I had to really quickly nurture 
and deal with all insecurities and the processes of being an entrepreneur, you know, and then doing all this from nothing, you know, from zero with zero support in terms of building the business. But that, that was a lot. But I think I quickly realized that that as, as a creative person, as an arts person, business as an object, as business, as a craft and art form was incredibly interesting. You know, it's about, you know, seeing the needs or finding the needs and what, what you can do and then, and then marketing that, plugging that. And with, with that, I, I, I do, and especially with pretty much any art, it's, 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 it's not essential, you know. It's, mm-hmm. but it's something that really enriches the moments that enrich that 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 really enlivens that elevates the, the experience, and it, 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 it forced me to really believe in that, to really face all insecurities, really you know um, be grateful of all my support and network, and of course, starting you know I started the studio with my my my, my father, you know. Um, that was, that was good. That was, you know, and I had to face a lot of demons, you know, along with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I'm sure that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, I think the biggest achievement that I always think about looking back is really a lot less about the craft itself, but it's really about, uh, a building a business and being a business owner. You know, the, the, a big blessing of being able to work with people that I love really, um, having that leap of faith and, and really, you know, making a lot of mistakes and, you know, trial and error and making little successes and, uh, and, and, you know, being New York, I think over and over and over, I, I, I get to fall in love with the city, you know, mm. the clients that I work with, the project I get to do, it's nothing like anywhere else in the world, you know, and uh, I feel incredibly lucky with some of the, some of the really cool projects I've gotten to do here. One, one quick question on that one, because I think it does require a certain amount of courage and, uh, you know, perseverance to come forth with uh, being ready to tackle the business side of it on sort of the flip side of that on the more artistic end. At which point did you know, or maybe you didn't at this point in time, did you know that you were good enough to actually begin selling your works? And like, was it because you had already done it or were you like, hey, I'm going to like just go for it because I think I'm pretty good, but I need to like sell and try to really validate that. Yeah, uh, that's a really great question. When we first started to look into the possibility of doing this here in the city, my father had one distant connection with a a chef uh, in one of the uh, private clubs in the city. So we had like a lunch date. Uh, We were in Central Park South overlooking this beautiful Central Park and we kind of give him a, a brief pitch of what we're thinking. And he just looked at us and said, it is a terrible idea. He was like, this city is so hard. You know, it's so hard to break in. If anything, what was going on with the ice sculpture in the city had a really bad reputation of just undercutting pricing with each other, backstabbings, and, and, and it kind of drove the price down. I mean, New York was selling one of the cheapest ice sculptures in the city back then. And no one was willing to pay for it. Mm. I mean, and it was also, it was just crappy, crappy work only, you know? And mm-hmm. when we heard that, it almost gave us more confidence in what we feel like, what we were planning to produce. And, you know, it was, it was a partnership with, you know, my father, who I know has the, 
the you know the years of experience and uh, and you know the understanding of physics you know and and the techniques and structures that 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 and and the actual physical you know competency or what it, what it means to create anything out of ice uh, at least that's that's that was my my belief you know and and for me I was you know blessed and lucky to have you know an, an education and years of experience you know, striving uh, painter here in the city and, and, and having an, an arts education where I can kind of do the arts talk, you know, and, and just really living with ice all my life. Uh, I knew what ice can do, what, what was possible with ice, you know, inside and out. So I feel like I can talk about ice. Um, I can sell this thing. And if, you know, my father's like, yeah, he can do it. I'm like, we can do it, <laughs> you know? So it started out with us just really giving away sculptures and waiting for some mess up with some other ice companies that would just kind of leave a client, you know, in a ditch, canceling last minute that would call us and say, hey, I got to <laughs> make this thing. And it's due tomorrow. Can you do it? And we're like, yeah, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then we, I, and I remember one of the first sculptures that for, for a real paying gig was, was very, was exactly that. It was, he was, a, you know, it was a, 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 a real high end luxury catering company, Olivia Chen, who called us up and uh, asked for a snowboarder sculpture because some, another ice company just dropped them. <laughs> and we spent, we were up all night making it. And we did it. And he was so grateful and gracious, uh, professional and awesome. The, you know, I've, we've never seen a party so beautiful in, in a venue so like striking, overlooking, you know, the, the Hudson River. And, and it was exactly the world we felt like I want our, we wanted our work to be. And then we learned that, you know, New York is such a club, you know. It's, it's like impossible to get in, but once you're in and, and the word of mouth is there and you just do good work and you just be nice to people and you work hard, everything else follows, you know? And that was very much my dad's model all throughout. They're just like, work hard and be nice to people. I mean, I have a poster that says exactly that in my office at home. And uh, that's just been the driving force for us uh, every day. That's a wonderful story. And I love how you you laid out how things were in the city with regards to the, the ice industry about how you were like, you know, price gouging, you know, leaving like last minute, this like almost seedy underground yeah, industry. Sure. I mean, you know, everybody in the city is a hustler, right? <laughs> yeah, it can attest <laughs> first person. Um, and so I want to kind of like dig into that a little bit more. You kind of laid out what the, the scene was like before you arrived. So I guess you already talked a little bit about like kind of like your business philosophy. Do you have a specific like design or artistic philosophy that you came into this industry with that has now obviously differentiated you from other ice sculptors? Um, I mean, in terms of design, I mean, again, design is a very broad mm -hmm. veil of words, right? I, I think the design was quality of work. And I think what sets us apart more than anything is I think customer, I mean, it's as basic as customer service, you know, and I think my background as, as being a Japanese, you know, where, where hospitality and, and gratitude and, and service 
is 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 ingrained in our culture. You know, you know, we're we're almost apologetic, and you know, customer is always right kind of attitude, and then you know, finding giving happiness and and let you know letting that connect to your next step. Um, I mean, that alone, I think. I would argue that's very much a part of uh, the backbone of, of of a design. You know, I think one of the things that's always kind of uh, uh, gets to me is that 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 something as basic as customer service is 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 often hard to find in in America. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's a, it's a very kind of yeah. self centered uh, culture here. You know, um, and there's a lot of goodness come comes out of that. But when it comes to hospitality. Um, you know, you get it. You, you have to work for it. You know, you have to earn it. You know, so uh, we work hard to earn that. You know, like we, and and also I think what's in, and what's really critical of that for us is that almost all our clients call us with something they've never seen before, right? Like they have a vision and they see possibilities, and they there's something about them that 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 made them contact us because they they love ice but many times they'll call us us with very little knowledge about what what ice sculpture can be and we'll ask them like even like even for like as a, a, a wedding they'll ask for a swan and we you know we always have a kind of a inside uh, not a joke but like an inside pledge among us that we will work very hard not to make a swan <laughs> because <laughs> and, and we're like, why do you want a swan? And they'll be like, because that's I saw that on a cruise ship, or I saw that on my friend's wedding. And it's mainly because that's all they know, right? They've they've only seen a swan, a heart, a dove. That's it. So there's a an element of education that we we get to do, and I've worked really hard to make that as colorful, as inspiring, as efficient and fast. And and you know, I think. In my business, it's, it's our, our product is trust more than anything. It's something intangible, you know. And as ice sculpture that melts away and it's gone, and the only thing that's left is memory. What we do is intangible, you know. It's ephemeral, and it's very much an embodiment of that customer care and service that I think uh, my father and I really kind of inherently believed in, and uh, something we've. Experienced, you know, negatively, you know, many times over, and that if this is our creation, that we're gonna really live by that, you know. Everybody in my my, you know, my team uh, here at Studio, you know, it's about caring for each other, you know, being collaborative, being respectful, and uh, that's our foundation for everything. So, sorry, but that's kind of our roundabout way of talking about what design is for me. <laughs> no, that was wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, that that's really great because I I think one of the interesting things that you made me realize there that you're in this space of both being a creator and a business, something that you've touched upon multiple times, but that you are delivering a product exactly. at the end of the day to a paying customer. In the cases where they come to you with an idea that is you know not that concrete, what does the design development like look like? Where you know, in one of those cases, like. Let's say I were to show up and say, "Oh, I really want like a bicycle sculpture," but I have no idea besides that. Like, how do you help you know a customer take this like vague idea to something that you know that you can make and that'll be cool? Like, what's that conversation look like? 
we never know what comes into our door every day. Uh, and we get a, get a call. And I mean, if, if someone calls me and says they want a bicycle, man, that makes my, my, my work much, much easier. A lot of times people will be like, Hey, I have a wedding and my theme is, you know, um, you know, game of Thrones. And, <laughs> and I want something for my cocktail reception, or I want a bar made out of ice. You know, I think the first thing is like, I want to get a really clear idea of what is their goal, right? Like, what do they want out of what we do? I, I will collect as much logistics I can as possible. I mean, being ice, I have to ask, is it indoor or outdoor? What time does events start? What time does it end? You know, uh, where is it? Being New York, is it on the ground floor? Is it on the rooftop? Is it on a, on a, a pen, pen, penthouse suite? Is there elevator access? Do we have to go up the stairs? Is there a front entrance or is there a, <laughs> a loading dock that we need to deal with? You know, um, how big do you envision this to be? You know, uh, what is your budget? So I, I take as much logistic as possible and then I nail down what's an absolute concrete and what are the variables. And then I laid all those blocks, you know, in front of me and kind of piece them together. And then I design it. I think anything creative and, you know, being a painter, you know, and I've, I've, I've had, I've been through all phases of, of, of periods of, you know, figurative to realism, to photorealism, to expression, abex to, you know, going super minimal to going super flat and then, facing the death of painting and all that stuff. Right. You know, so, <laughs> it, but I think in, in the process, you, you learn that no matter what you do, you, you break it down to a build, building block, anything tangible and concrete becomes your foundation. And once you build your foundation, the stronger the foundation, more you can take that leap of faith and then kind of go crazy. Right that that's that's my process that that i lay the i lay down my foundation for what i need to make and then i push that envelope and and uh you know basically for us man what, whatever our skill skill can provide however much time we have mm -hmm. you know um and as long as you don't tell us defy gravity we'll make it happen you know, I mean, we often joke. It's, it's like, hey, man, all we need is time and money. <laughs> Give us time and money. We'll do anything uh -huh. for you. Right on. Time and money helps quite a lot. I can't yeah. agree on that one. <laughs> so while we're kind of getting into like the some of the finer details of your work, and because we're both mechanical engineering nerds, um, we did watch your Wired video where you kind of like work with, uh, you work like, solely with hand tools and then power tools and then you even have like a cnc towards the end i'm wondering what's what's your personal preference these days and how does that stack up with the the industry in general like are there any major trends towards one of those ways of sure. sculpting ice well i mean i think for y'all being a mechanical engineer i think you know this, this is a a good part of the conversation because i mean i think ice sculpture as an industry have very much been revolutionized by the introduction of all levels of tools mechanical tools you know because at the mm -hmm. basic uh, we're talking we're talking making sculpture make of, of whatever with with ice and the process itself is very much identical with stone carving or wood carving you know it's it's a straightforward reductive process 
carving, three-dimensional whatever. The old school way is, is, is going all hand tools. And, you know, my father was trained that, in that classical manner. And uh, so everybody in my studio has to have that classical understanding of what carving is. And I think that's what sets us apart too, you know, that we have that kind of that fundamental kind of understanding of what it, what it is to work with hands and having that relationship with tools, you know, and, 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 and really just getting to that basic level of chisels and saws and, you know, sharp edges and, and bevels and, and, you know, concave, convex and connecting the, the front view and the side view. And then how do you make 2D to 3D? You know, we always say, um, it's funny because most of my, my production crew are painters. And one, I think, one, I think is because I'm a painter and we all speak in a pain, painter's language. Oftentimes it's not, you know, we get asked to do something a wide range of things. You know, one day it could be a replica of a Porsche and the next day it'll be a, a koala bear. And then the next day it'll be a logo and a replica of a building. So, you know, we have to have a kind of general understanding of portions of things, you know, what, what, what the horse may look like and what a car may look like. And, and I think painters who kind of draw, I mean, we quickly learn that we sculpt as well as we draw, you know, so uh, yeah, it's funny, but a lot uh, I work you know with with all, all all painters around. You know, from hand tools, we kind of go into power tools. Um, and nowadays, I would say most of our work, about at least seventy percent, no matter how small, how big, we we, we carve with with electric chainsaws. You know, chainsaws to you know die grinders to you know disc sanders. Um, you know, blowers and, and torches and all these power tools have uh, greatly kind of speed up our work. And that, that's, that's the key word, I think, mm-hmm. is that, is that you know, once you have the understanding of, of, of sculpting, these power tools just really accelerates our work. You know, I think the biggest thing that, that sets us apart in terms of process with any other material is that with sharp tools, man, we work so fast because ice cuts like butter we can go through immense amount of volume with power tools something that could take weeks and months we can do it in in a day and uh mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely backbreaking in our you know our, our our arms are like you know useless and hanging down like orangutans next day but we'll we can we can do it you know we can bang <laughs> it out you know power tools have have greatly greatly changed the arts you know it it was very much introduced in the kind of the late 80s early 90s and and you know uh ice carving in america has quickly become like you know a a, like leading i think you know um place where we were just pushing the envelope carving ice you know Uh, and like you know i said my Mm -hmm. father's very much part of that and there's some amazing amazing people that have come across and and you know ice carving community is a very small niche group group of mm-hmm. kind of wild pioneers who who are uh, self-taught artists very much you know it's very very mm-hmm. much that kind of and uh there's something about about that i love as being a kind of a kind of trained artist uh and and being in this industry where 
that kind of arts background is kind of moot. It's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little wild, you know? Yeah, from, from power tools nowadays, I, I would say for the past maybe 10, 15 years, you know, CNC uh, has very much, again, stepped up the, the game and, and rightly so. Uh, you know, we acquired our CNC, I think, uh, three years ago. Um, I mean, we're doing everything still. I mean, even by, you know, using part tools, it's, it's hand carving, you know. And mm-hmm. when we have to make something super precise, like when we're making multiple block where we have to stack and build, you know, high, you know, 20 feet high, you know, installations. And, and we have, you know, you know, 100 block installations we have to like lock on tightly. Doing that by hand is, is almost a superhero level sensibilities that my father definitely had and I had much, much less so and frustrated me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but with, you know, with, with CNC, it's a no-brainer. And it's one of those parts of the production, parts of the craft, where there's 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 no appreciation and in the client's end, you know, when we create a logo, it has to be right on, and 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 that's it. You know what I mean? Like there's no pride in like hand engraving something <laughs> that's like computer generated and looking perfect, and it never never is perfect because it's done by hand. And it, no matter how good it looks, no one no one appreciates that it's because it's supposed to be perfect you know so yeah when we first started making logos on with on cnc we're like man how did we do what we did for so long here <laughs> uh that that kind of journey has been amazing and, and you know now nowadays we often kind of have fun now we get to kind of take away that stress of anything that should be CNC mm-hmm. that we CNC. And then we kind of combine our work where we get to, to push harder into saving that part that makes it special. Because everything made mm-hmm. from machine beginning to the end alone has no spirit. And is it, as, as mm-hmm. amazing as that yeah. is, it is very much that, you know. Um, it, it looks machine made. So we, we can now use the CNC as a, as a part of the foundation. You know, some, anything like we're kind of beginning the conversation, it becomes part of that concrete, you know? And we, we make CNC create, give us this, this kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a shape that we can then go crazy with our hand tools and give that, that personality and spirit and I think it has made our work so much better now. I, I like this, the, the prevailing theme in that answer was this appreciation of craft and something that your studio does, which I thought was pretty unique, was that y- y'all organize these like t- team building events. Um, you also like, from what I could tell from the website, you have like live uh, crafting, I don't know if you call them demos or performances so that people actually get to appreciate the craft rather than just looking at the end product they see you know what what are the these benefits of having like a human actually put their soul and spirit into their work and i want to ask like you know where did the the idea for team building workshops you know come from and 
how do you how do you go about teaching like you know maybe a bunch of corporate people from midtown how do you even begin working with yeah. like what's your teaching sure, sure. strategy um i mean i think you know i think team building is is is, is just exists as part of the kind of a event industry you know it's um experiential mm -hmm. aspect of something that that could be uh offered so you know it was always kind of there in our mind and you know, one of the early things that we started that, that, that no one really started bef before that really kind of perfected was the graffiti wall, you know. Coming from New York, I, I, I love that kind of freehand format, the craft uh, that, that, that surrounded us. And when we go to events, there's kind of step and repeat and where people take pictures or like, you know, a welcome piece, right? Something where we can really give a bang. Mm -hmm. um, and then we kind of took that next step forward and wanted to make it, you know, um, kind of interactive. Um, and then so we, you know, we, 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 we're like, well, if we can kind of tandemly kind of, you know, show people and just, just kind of scratch the surface of ice just for a few seconds, people were just going crazy and thrilled and you get a little spray of snow and you know you left a little mark and you did something you've never done in your life and that was really fun you know so we kind of we just just kind of packaged that up as a as a service and a product that, that, that we can we can uh, offer and it really took off so from there we really kind of started further exploring the idea of like, like ex, you know making something interactive you know and uh and mm -hmm. i it kind of tickled me that you know ice carving is this kind of dangerous thing you know <laughs> it's 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 tools it's 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 hand tools it's power tools it's sharp objects but and you know i i have a family i have i know i have kids and uh, and uh you know i have little kids and you know and I've done I've done little work with like kids, and it's always amazing. They're 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 smart and they're capable. And I'm a big advocate of just letting them try stuff. You know, I would give a little chisel to to my two year old. I mean, of course, I'm like hands on. Um, you know, oops, sorry. Talking. Oh, sorry. That, 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 <laughs> that was perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> oh, um, so, cute. so yeah, that, that, that's my that's my uh, that's, that's my. That's no, my don't son, apologize uh, at Oscar. all. Um, so I mean, you know, I'll, I'll kind of hold his hands and kind of give him out and try something, and he 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 would love it. And I'll do the same thing now with adults. You know, for for a group of corporate people, I've done stuff with a group of like you know with American Express or Facebook and some of these people, and and. Uh, you know, I one of the cool things we've done is one uh, like a beer mug making workshop, where um, you know I would make a, a basic shape, you know, with with the with the with the well already made, and it's it's still a square block, you know, and uh, I I would give them um, what we call a, a a chipper, which is basically a six prong ice pick. And their job is to shape around it and then make that little hole that becomes a handle. And, uh, you know, most people break that handle, make a mug into a cup, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just easy enough and it's just hard enough to make it super, super interesting, you know. Um, so that's a really popular piece. Another piece thing we do, we do a, a little, you know, it's a little more advanced, but I kind of do a, a, a kind of a, a shaped block, 
that 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 shape of a penguin or a horse head bust and then you can kind of go in town and basically creating something that looked 2d into 3d you know so that's uh that's something we do um and uh yeah man like you know i, I think it's always it's always awesome to do have people experience that and you know we do a lot of live carving performances and that's where we bring you know our tools out and people kind of get to see the magic that goes on in our studio and i think i think that interactive activities is very much that you know no that's that sounds amazing and the reason that excites me hearing that is because i don't know one of the fundamental things that i think makes humans humans is like our ability to work with tools and make things but mm -hmm. i don't know in the modern society we live in not everyone has that opportunity to do that so I think it's a it's a cool reconnection with oneself and the physical yeah. world they can manipulate. And like both of our educations in mechanical engineering, perhaps in lieu of like the important like PSAC classes where you're like writing down all of the equations and solving things theoretically. In lieu of that, we actually did a lot of like shop classes. And I would say that maybe like being able to work in our shop, student shop for all of these different classes was kind of what drew us further into engineering or maybe that that's my personal statement no no likewise <laughs> likewise and that story of uh you know handing your kid a chisel i like remember this day that my dad sent me a picture of my little sister who at the time was probably like five he had given her um one of his drills and a piece of wood just so she could just like spin it and it was like the most exciting thing and i'm like this is what it is to be human is to like mess around with your environment so no that's really cool that that people have that opportunity to get to do that with them. Yeah. What you offer. For sure, for sure. And so with that, we want to lead into our sort of final segment that we like to do with our guests, um, where we do these sort of rapid fire questions to sort of exit out what was a great conversation um, that we just got to have. So we have uh, three questions in mind that we want to oh, um, send your way. No. Um, <laughs> no. so, so they should no, be all right no, they should nervous. be all right um, so, um so the first one and i'm excited about this one because along with every great creation there's failures what are some of the top three ice sculpture failures that um you can recall whether that's like during install during making whatever oh, comes to mind ice sculpture failures <laughs> well <laughs> well i mean you know knock on wood i gotta go find wood somewhere um yeah, I got, I got you. Yeah, we got you. Uh, we had we had one one breakage. I remember long, long, long ago, in early, early years. Uh, it was uh, it was an event at uh, actually Mandarin Oriental, and we made this very you know their logo is this kind of a open fan, you know, a handheld fan. Uh, uh, I wasn't there, but two of my 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 crew went to install it. Uh, but when and it was very very big. Maybe it was like maybe about four feet wide you know and uh, when they lift one of my guy's hands slipped and he fell and it broke like maybe about you know about, about a quarter of, of 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 the one side of this fan so so i'm working in my studio and i get this phone call and whenever i get a phone call and my guys are out i'm nervous it's like it's like it's it, it's like you know no no you know like you know, uh, no phone call is always the best, you know, best way, way to go. But I get this call and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? And he's like, and he's like in his shaking voice. He's like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, 
No. And, you, know, <laughs> you know, this guy was like, you know, 200 pound, you know, six feet, you know, five, like burly guy. And this guy had this like, you know, this voice is shaking. Say, like, I'm so sorry, Shintar. My hand slipped and I dropped the sculpture and it broke. And, and he's like, he's like, what, what, what should we do? And uh, so we're having this like, and you know, the event's going to happen in like less than, you know, half an hour. And like, my client haven't seen it, you know? <laughs> so, so we're like, like it's like, what, what do we do? What do we do? What do you mean? What do we do? You know? Uh, but we're, and, and I had this, this, this thing. I'm like, okay, you know what? This design is symmetrical. Let's break the other side the same way and just grab a hand chisel and just shape it flat. So it basically, you know, kind of closes up a little less than 50%. But it's like this, you know, kind of slightly open fan, but it's symmetrical, you know? You know, that, and I'm like, oh, let's just, let's just, maybe let's see the client doesn't realize, or maybe the client's, client's <laughs> okay with that, you know? And he did that. And he sent me a picture and it looked great for what it was. And it, and then, and then a client came, and then a client came and says, uh, "What is that? They can't do that." <laughs> so we had to really refund all that piece. Oh, of course, absolutely, we'll do it. Uh, but uh, but you know, I explained it. I apologized. My client was super super understanding. Um, but uh, you know, but we we kind of we did everything else right. You, you know, it was like a it was like a. A, a cocktail bar station and everything else worked fine. And I, I gave a really, really amazing price and amazing sculpture the next time they ordered gratefully. Um, and uh, they, you know, they're, they're still one of my great clients. So that's one, one of my one, one failure. Um, I don't know if you have time for it, but you know, I think, um, you know, other, other times are like, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just like, it's just logistics, you know, just being, being so busy. Like we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll go to a, we'll go to a delivery and then we'll realize we forgot our, our display trays. <laughs> and then I have one of my guys will have to like Uber back and have to go get it. Uh, we, we make it happen. We make it happen. You know, I think when it, when it comes to failures, I think the lesson is what's the, what's the follow-up, you know what I mean? And, and, and then, and every time we joke about like, like every day we're, we're like, we're, we're, we're MacGyvers, you know, <laughs> we're, I'm sure you as a, as a maker and creator, you appreciate that show or at least the idea, the essence of that show. Right. It's like, it's like shit. Like, and you know, when it comes to events, it's like nothing, nothing goes as planned. That's, that's the, that's the idea. Like nothing goes as planned. And we have our bag of tools and it's all about do what you can with what you got, with where you are, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's basically, we have, we have little failures almost every day. Yeah. Your, your mess ups, your mess ups end up becoming features or surface finishes or nice aesthetic uh, totally. details. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, second rapid fire, uh, you're based out there in uh, Long Island city. What's your favorite culinary neighborhood in Queens? Dude, you know. I mean, when it comes to culinary neighborhood, I mean, I, 
I, I love Korean food. I love hot and spicy. And now that it's cold and with, with, oh, yeah. with pandemic uh-huh. and all the, the outside dining challenges, K-Town is amazing, you know, up in Flushings. It, I love what they've been doing. And I love the, the, you know, I love the sundubu and, you know, the spicy tofus and, uh, and the Korean barbecues, uh-huh. man. I, 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 we go out there as, as many times as, as we can to support the neighborhood. That, that was actually the only correct answer I was looking for is it's flushing. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, Jackson Heights is, is you know, world-renowned melting pot of all the crazy, crazy, crazy cuisines from all around the world, all out there in in couple blocks. So, you know, we 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 eat well here. All righty, uh, final one we've got here, and this one's back to uh, sort of the creations. Fate. This one might be harder. It might be very obvious. I don't know which one. I'm interested on that. Favorite thing you've built. Favorite thing that my I, I built. All right. Well, I mean, if yeah, if this is an open blanket, you know. Obviously, I'm going to say my business that I built, um, you know, um, I mean, my, my favorite, I love my, my, my space. I love my building. I love my studio and I love my crew. I miss my crew, you know, I mean, since, since the, the pandemic, um, you know, I had to let everybody go once and, and, and really for the last couple of months, we've always finally have come together and, been, and really started working again. Um, and more than ever again, appreciate uh, every single one of them. You know, what we do, I mean, we're small, we're a boutique, you know, we're, and, um, you know, we, we run a really tight ship um, and everybody here can do everything here A to Z. Um, and they're amazing, amazing, awesome, awesome people. So first thing, first thing right off the bat, my business that I built um, is, is what I love. Um, I'm sure you didn't intend that. Uh, I think... When it, when, no, it was it was intentionally oh, okay. worded okay. vaguely so that our interviewees could say whatever they wanted to. You know, when it comes to to sculptures that I make, um, my first joke would have been anything that has that that takes least amount of work with most amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> the good yeah. ratio. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, another thing is people love things frozen inside ice, and uh, you know. You know, I, making crystal clear, clear ice is a, is a whole nother magic and a conversation of its own. But, uh, you know, we freeze, you know, products in ice, like, you know, for product launches. Um, and we freeze a lot of stuff for photo shoots. And, and you know, we, we freeze, um, I mean, uh, flower bouquets. I, I do a lot of frequent collaborations with a, a good, good florist uh, designer friend of mine, Khan Asakura. Um, you know, he's here. And uh, we he creates some amazing, you know, wild florals that that we dunk in, in ice, and we, we take, you know, time uh, freezing into this crystal clear block of ice, and and to see this beautiful blossom ice that that is, you know, theoretically frozen and 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 vibrant forever as long as it is, is is in there, and then using that as a part of the design and creating something, and then when people come up and they just like you know, touch ice and marvel. And another thing too, I love when people touch our, 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 our uh, sculptures, you know, and, 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 and they're just like, wow, this is ice and it's, and it's melting. And, 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 you know, they, they're so nervous about touching because, you know, you're taught not to touch, touch an art piece. And I'm like, no, 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 touch it, you know, touch it, touch it, go, go for it, hug it, lick it, do what you want to do, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, and when they realize that it's melting from before their eyes, 
I think it makes them appreciate that present moment. And I think that's why ice sculpture is so, so kind of fitting with events industry, with, with like weddings and anniversaries, uh, because it's, it's, it really kind of really, um, you know, memorializes that moment and that moment only, and then it goes away, you know? It, it makes it very much more in the moment when you get to feel the art like that. Yeah, no, that's For exciting. sure, for sure. Sweet. Well, I think that does it on our rapid fire question. So thank you for uh, digging into those and hitting us with some some fun surprise answers. Um, but we wanted to just thank you again for uh, joining us here today. Hopefully, Alex and I will one day make enough money to, uh, you know, possibly request a, a, a sculpture. But <laughs> until then, we hope uh, you take care, um, spend time with the family and uh, stay warm. Yeah, best thank of luck you to, to you, your family, your extended uh studio family uh and thanks man i appreciate it you know i'll say one announcement um we do live carving performance uh at the new york botanical gardens uh pretty much every weekend uh, you know we've been doing it since the the late november and we're gonna do it all the way to mid-january out there so if anybody out there uh you know in new york um you know have a chance to go visit new york botanical garden in the weekends uh we'll be there Right on. In the Bronx? Yeah, up in the Bronx. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. L look it up. Uh, you know, one of us will be carving out there, usually Fridays and Saturdays, uh, 5.30 to 9.30. Sweet. Oh, amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Antara. That was a wonderful <laughs> note to end on. Oh, good. All right. Take care, man. Take care. Oh, Bye. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Be well.